Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be here today. I'm excited to be here every time we get together, but today I'm really excited. And the reason for that is because April is Financial Literacy Month, and we are going to talk about how do you talk to your children, your family in general about money. And I'm going to just dive right in. I have a bunch of notes. So if you see me looking down, I want to make sure that I get as many things in as possible as we have this next half hour together. So I'm really excited about this for two reasons. The first reason is this has been a request of clients of mine probably for the last decade. And, um, you know, I, I heard so many times, Jennifer, I wish that um, either I knew you beforehand or that there was a way to communicate what we think that our kids and our grandkids need to know. And maybe, you know, you could eventually have something that um, you come out with, whether it was a seminar or whether it was just, um, you know, a hands-on type of thing to really start teaching children the ABCs of investing and money and really what um, helping them to have the financial confidence they're going to need as they age on in life. So that's the first reason. The second reason I'm really excited about it is Probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned over this past year with COVID, with being kind of, you know, virtual most of the whole past year and two months has been that there is a new need for education and for instant education and access for people who really are trying to get questions answered just about money in general. So April 15th is a very exciting day for, for me because I'm going to be launching the Smart Money Gal Academy. And it's not going to be, you know, a, a brick and mortar school where you get to go and, and have a, you know, certificate or degree. But what it is going to be is a way for you to go and click on different resources that are available and um, just learn from the privacy of your own home. You can go very at a very self-paced um, easy way through uh, a course that I'm offering, um, or you can get connected with me with one-on-one uh, -on -one personal coaching. I'm happy to help you with that because one of the biggest things that I've noticed, and this is all leading up to what I'm going to talk about next, is that you know it's easy to go through a course or to go and you know go to some inspirational type of. Um, like a Tony Robbins event, and you get so jazzed up and you get so excited, and then you go home and you do nothing with the information that you've learned. And I don't know about you, that's happened to me many times. So what I'm doing with the Smart Money Gal Academy is really also giving you the ability to not only learn something on your own time, in the comfort of your own home, in your pajamas, um, but also connect with me in an accountability relationship. So let's say you're going through one of the courses and you know you you are stuck in an area and you really need some help and you need somebody to hold you accountable to make sure that this is finally the time in your life that you're going to carry through with what you want to do and i am offering that type of coaching um, in addition to being a registered financial consultant i'm now a certified life coach and I am also a Ramsey Solution Master Financial Coach. So I have had a lot of background in how to coach people. And in, in also being that uh, a master coach, I've had the ability to lead the Financial Peace University's Smart Kids, Smart Money. So I've had hands-on exposure to, to people at all different ages of life who've really wanted to dig in and learn more, but they just don't know where to start. So as part of the Smart Money Gal Academy, 
one of the very first courses that I'm launching is a money and family masterclass. I'm super excited about that because it's going to talk to you about how to look at money, have the conversations at every stage of life from the time that you're little to the time that you're retired. So keep your eyes out for that. So now let's get started. So let's talk about money. And I think the first thing that we have to do is answer two basic questions. Why is talking about money important? Number one. Number two, how does it contribute to somebody being financially successful in the future? And I'm asking you these questions because as we talk about the hands-on activities that we can do with our children to learn about money, this is really instilling open communication about finances. It's instilling family values. It's really giving you an opportunity to instill a level of confidence and openness in communicating about money that, you know, somebody like me, I'll be 50 this year, and we didn't openly talk about money at home and when I was growing up. So when I became an adult, thank goodness, I had home ec where it taught you how to balance a checkbook and how to take care of a household. But our children nowadays, our teens, our college students, they don't get as much you know, hands-on exposure as we had. So it's very important to talk about money. And you know, there was a recent uh, Wall Street Journal poll that was talking about how most wealth, most family wealth now is lost by the second generation. That's scary. Considering that, you know, I know for me, I want my children to be wealthier and more successful than me, you know, and I'm sure my parents had the same wishes for myself and for my brother. I have the same wishes for my, my, you know, my children and for my grandchildren, but it typically, you know, the statistics are showing that by the second, maybe the third generation now, the wealth is gone. It's no longer there. So transferring it from generation to generation, what's happening is we are handing, you know, different inheritances and transferring wealth to generations who are just are not prepared to handle that. So it's very, very important to have the open communication with your children, no matter how how young or how old you're going to be having the conversations with, it's very, very important to have the conversations. Now, you know, the financial crisis hit Americans very hard. Um, although the economy continues to fluctuate, members of Generation X and millennials are still struggling with lost job opportunities, stagnant wages, home values. And, you know, today's members of, the, of these two generations has, has accumulated much less wealth than their parents did at the same time 25 years prior. So it's just important to you to have the conversations to help steer them in the right track. So let me give you some sample conversation starters. And I know you're going to hear these and be like, okay, these aren't really money related, but I just want you to start having a dialogue with your children about money and about instilling, you know, the confidence about money and the openness about money. Um, you know, here's something that, you know, some ideas. For example, what's something you've done in your life that you never thought that you could do? And what did you expect to be doing at this age? And what's different? What kind of pushed you off track or what did you do that you didn't expect that you were going to be able to do? And what are you most proud of? And another one is just what are you worried about in the future? Because I can tell you that talking about money and talking about family values sometimes is almost like talking about religion and politics where it's just we just didn't talk about it. 
And I see that happens with a lot of my clients as well, especially if I meet a divorcee or I meet a widow or I meet, you know, a college student. They have not had the financial conversations because somebody else took care of it, whether the parents took care of it at home and didn't equip the child with the necessary skills to go out in the world, you know, and be a young adult, you know, surviving out there on their own, or whether it was, you know, a husband or a partner who took care of everything, thinking that it was the right thing to do by being the provider. Um, there just was no communication. So when something happens in life, and you have money, or you have a lack of money, and you have to make a decision, and you've not been, you know, equipped with the right tools, you could make some pretty catastrophic decisions, or you could miss really good opportunities. So the biggest thing that I'm trying to get you to understand is start with simple conversations, just about life. Because once there's this dialogue back and forth, it's going to be easy to start asking about, well, you know, what do you think about getting a job? Or, hey, we're going to give you an allowance. What do you want to do with it? If you start having those type of conversations from a place of, you know, um, safety, we're not here to lecture anybody, nobody wants to be lectured to. But if you're giving them the safety and having the conversations, you, you'll be surprised how easy it's going to be now to start interjecting different things when it comes to money. And um, so start with some of those very simple conversations. Now, I heard a great quote, and I don't know who said the quote, I have to look it up. But it said, if we do not teach our children the ABCs of money, we are going to end up with D and E later, which is debt and entitlement. And I thought that is so great. You know, I mean, I wish I could have said I did the quote, but I didn't. And I heard it. And I thought, that is so true. Because how many people, or maybe it's your own children, or grandchildren, do you see who have ran up so much significant debt, or, you know, maybe are just in college for the first time, and there's credit card companies that are everywhere, and they're handing out t-shirts and koozies, yes, koozies are still a thing, uh, koozies, or, you know, like gift cards for different restaurants or fast food places, just to entice our young children, our young adults into debt. So if we're not teaching our children the things they have to watch out for, the things that they have to understand, then they're going to find themselves in debt and feeling that they're entitled to everything because they don't really understand how money works. So I think what you need to do if you're going to start having the conversations is you have to really identify for yourself how you relate to money. And, you know, I, I have a money personality quiz that I use with all of my clients and all of my potential clients just to really find out how do I relate to money? What does money mean to me? So I think what you need to do is if you're going to have open conversations, you need to identify for yourself what's important to you when you look at money. So here's some questions to ask yourself. How do I feel about saving money? What is worth saving for? You know, think about that. So just saying, okay, what is what is worth saving for? How do I feel about saving money? Number two, spending money. How do you feel about spending money? I can tell you for me, I'm going to always look for the best, the best deal. That's how I feel about spending money. Even if, and I'm one of these like, like stalker shoppers where I'll go in and I'll see something and then I'll come, I'll wait because I'm like, surely this is going to go on sale. And then, of course, you know, I'll wait to get a coupon or something. That's how I feel about spending money. 
I want to weigh out all my options. So for me, I know that's how, that's how I relate. And then how do you feel about debt? How do you feel about going into debt to buy things? And I know sometimes, you know, debt, there are certain debt that is good to have when you look at, you know, if you're mortgaging your home or, or, you know, things along those lines, or if you're in a business, or even if you're just trying to establish credit on your own, because we live in a credit-based world, unfortunately, you know, there are some levels of debt that are okay. But I always try to encourage people to understand that if you have debt on a credit card, make sure that you have money in a bank, that if you ever had to pay it off immediately, you could go in and pay it off. And, you know, part of the, the, the money class, the master class is going to talk about debt as well, but we're not going to talk about that today. But how do you feel about debt? And then income, how has income influenced your life? And it is so important to talk about income and nobody wants to talk about it. I know, you know, at work, you can't really talk about salaries. You can't talk about how much this person's making in comparison, how much you're making, but I can tell you, I grew up in a household where I had no idea how much money my parents made and because they just didn't talk about it. My dad, I believe, made all the financial decisions. Uh, My mom worked, you know, but she came home, you know, paychecks went into the bank and I think my dad ran the household. I never to this day knew how much money my parents made. Um, I knew my mom was a nurse. I knew my father worked at Scott Paper and then, you know, was involved in law enforcement. Never knew how much they made. And the reason that it's important, it's not where you're being braggadocious or it's not where you're being like, look at me. But if your children are living in a lifestyle and they have become to that lifestyle, they've, they've become very accustomed to that lifestyle. You need to make sure they understand that that correlates with working hard, working smart, saving money, you know, staying out of debt. So it's okay to talk about income. It's not taboo to talk about it. There are ways that you can talk about it. We are very open in our house with our children about our how much money we make because they have become accustomed to a lifestyle. And we want them to understand that in order for you to be successful like this, it costs this amount of money to live into the world. So Income is super important to talk about, and you can find ways to talk about it in a way where you are not being pompous. You're not being, you're just really trying to have conversations that will add tremendous value. Um, So it's important to talk about that. Another thing you really want to do too is get your kids involved in family, you know, budgeting sessions and family finance meetings and family discussions. Now, I have, you know, some people who have grandchildren that are you know, two, three, four years old. I have some, um, some clients who have children that are two, three, four years old. So when they look at it, they're like, well, I don't, yeah, I can't really get them to really start relating about money yet. They're still too little, but I beg to differ. So reach out to me for those really little ones who you want to figure out how to teach something to, but just sit them at the table. If you and your husband or partner every Saturday or one Saturday a month, you're going to sit together and you're going to discuss paying bills, have them sitting there, give them a, you know, a coloring book, give them something, make it important that they're just there understanding well, mommy and daddy are sitting down and we're talking about money. They understand that there is this open communication. They're having exposure at least to the fact that you are being diligent and sitting down and talking about the family finances. That's important. And then as you get, as your child gets older and now you're sitting down and you're having the conversation, bring them in, let them have the conversation, let them understand. Now, granted, 
don't give them any like big decision making things here, um, but at least give them age appropriate um, opportunity to be there. Let them ask questions. Ask them like, well, how much do you think it takes to, you know, feed a family of four for a month? Let them start talking about numbers and understanding. Well, maybe they thought it was $50. Maybe they have no concept of the fact it may take $1,000 to buy groceries and take care of all the household expenses. I can tell you myself, I have three sons, 30, 27, and 21 this year. Gosh, I'm old. But I can remember when they thought that if I just, you know, went up to an ATM because, you know, it's just sitting out in the open. It wasn't attached to anything. I wasn't attached to a bank or anything. If I put my credit card in and it gave me out money or put my debit card in and it gave me out money, they thought this was awesome. They didn't understand that I was taking money from myself. They didn't get it. You know, so I had to sit and I had to have the conversation with them about this is my mom puts this in here. She's taking money from herself, which is why you have to keep track of it. So include them in it. Maybe if you're going out, and you take your kids to the grocery store, give them an amount of money if they want a special snack or if there's something that they want. Say, okay, you have $2 to spend and make sure that when that $2 is gone, that you're not giving in. I mean, these are little teachable moments that here's $2, you want a treat, get this treat, understand if we get this, you can't get that. You can do the same thing with you know, your, your teenage children when you take them out to back to school shopping. Um, you, could do, you could do it with any age group of children. Just make it age appropriate that you're going out and doing it. And literally just let them be a part of the conversations that you have about money. Let them see that you're consistent in doing it. Remember, there's always somebody who's watching. And when we're teaching our children, they're always watching everything that we do. So if they see that you're openly communicating with them, but they see that you're openly talking about money, when they have a money question, they're going to come to you. They're going to feel that it's very comfortable for them to come to you because they see that you're openly talking about it. And, you know, the next thing I would really suggest to you, too, is talk about a time where you made a financial mistake. There is so much um, there's so much of an ability to teach your children and a sign when, you know, you went through something where you're just laying it out there and being vulnerable and saying, listen, I made this mistake and this is how old I was when it happened. Here's what happened. Um, here's why it happened. And here's what I've learned from it. Because if you're sitting there and you're sitting across the table, like my granddaughters, you know, I mean, they're, they're young right now. But if I'm sitting across the table and I'm having a conversation with them about, you know, there was this time that, you know, Gigi went and did this and um, it really affected me like this and like that. You know, I've already lived the life much longer than they've lived. And our children look up to us. Our grandchildren look up to us. So they see that you're admitting a mistake and they see that you've learned from it and that you've now you know, made better decisions because of it, it's again gonna instill such comfort to them that they can come to you and they can talk openly about money. And I wanna, I wanna kind of emphasize again, um, you're gonna meet your children and your grandchildren, even if you have adult children who are gonna have very different views on money, they have very different views on approach because of how they've learned about things. All you can do is instill what, how you handle it how it's impacted your life, what you've done to, to do 
things differently. This isn't, again, an opportunity to lecture anybody or to try to, you know, nope, this is the way I do it. This is the way you have to do it. It's, again, just to have the communication with your children about money. Let them see it's okay to make a mistake. Let them know it's okay if they make a mistake to talk about it because, again, they feel safe in talking about it. So let's dive into the ABCs of investing. Here's some things that I really want to teach you that you can kind of start doing with your children. And, you know, as we talked about it before, schools really are not talking about investing. They are not talking about checkbooks. They are not talking about all the things that I had to learn in school. And I never understood why it was just the women that had to learn it. The guys were off doing a shop and the women were learning home ec. Hmm. But anyway, um, it it's, again, something that I'm going to be doing is literally a whole presentation on how to balance a checkbook you know, a whole presentation about, you know, you're going off to, to college. How do you deal with that? How do you do that? So I encourage you to openly talk about money. That's what this whole thing is openly talk about money. So here's a couple of things I want you to teach your children with very simple tips. Teach them about interest. You don't have to get into teaching them right about simple and compound interest, although we all know that compound interest is better. Just talk to them about interest. And you can do this very simply with, you know, give them 50 cents. Tell them if you don't touch and spend this 50 cents, you know, in 10 days, you don't want to make it 30 days or 60 days or a year. I'm going to add a couple extra pennies in here because I'm going to reward you for keeping your money safe and for not spending it. Talk to them about, you know, when you go to the bank and you put the money in the bank, take them to the bank with you. Just start having conversations about interest. And then as they get older, you can have conversations about, okay, now you understand what interest means. It just means if you leave it someplace and you give it to the bank, the bank will reward you for keeping it there. Then, then you can start talking about simple and compound interest. Talk about the stock market. You're thinking, how in the world can I talk to my five-year-old about the stock market? Here's a really good tip. If you're sitting at the table and you're having breakfast and they like Fruit Loops or they're eating toast or they're sitting there playing like on their Game Boy or I don't even know what kids play nowadays, um, a handheld thing. Talk to them about the companies who've made those products. Talk about, well, you really like this, right? So let's find out about the company who created the product. The product. Then let me take you over before I would say show them the stock page in the newspaper, but People aren't really doing that anymore, but allow them to see it on online. Let, watch, like show them what the price is. Say, this is the company who makes the cereal that you eat every morning. This is the stock market. This shows you what the value is. And you can see that, it, I mean, there are just little tiny teachable moments of how to get them engaged with the stock market. Pick one or two or three. If there's three companies that your products, their products are all over the house and the kids love them, just start there, getting them engaged into the stock market. It's super easy to do something like that. Let them understand too. One day it's worth more, the next day it's not. I mean, if you had any kids that were out there liking GameStop, that would have been a really big teachable moment. But anyway, just start there getting them to understand, okay, so this is the stock market. This is how it all works. And then teach them patience. This is probably one of the hardest things to teach anybody, regardless of what age you are is just to be patient. And it's it's a very critical lesson because children are almost 
always into instant gratification. You know, when you're at the, the market and you're going through and you're trying to either buy your groceries or you're trying to do Christmas shopping and you've got all these impulse items and kids are just grabbing them and throw them in the cart. My kids used to grab them and throw them in the cart and when I wasn't looking and I'd be like at the checkout, I'm like, how did I do this? You know, but they're into instant gratification. So explain to them back to the interest and back to the stock market, how things fluctuate, how they go up and down and how it's important to not make emotional decisions about money. And that's going to take some time to instill, but at least you can teach them about interest, teach them about the stock market and teach them patience. Three really important things to instill when they're little. The next thing I want to talk about, and it's something that is, is I think is probably something that I use not only with younger children when we're trying to talk about money, but also with most of my clients, and it's a bucket system. And teaching the three bucket of money management, it, it really allows you to put some tangible movement in that. Use mason jars, use little sand buckets, use, I don't know, little tin buckets you can get at Michael's. Um, have three buckets and they need to understand that every bucket, I mean, every time they get a dollar that comes in or allowance, or we're not going to get into the allowance conversation. Um, that's for off topic. If anybody wants to talk about allowance, but anytime they get monies that come in, it has to be divided between the three buckets and for children or for just general, we're going to talk about how to divide it into the three buckets. The first bucket is going to be for spending. Okay. This is going to be for current spending. The kids can have complete control over this bucket. They can spend it whenever they want. They could leave it there as long as they want. They could do whatever they want with this bucket. This is going to be their favorite bucket. Okay. For most of my clients, it's going to equate to having an emergency fund. Okay. So if we're looking at it from, you're looking at a 20 year old or 30 year old, or you're 40 and you're watching this, this is going to be your rainy day fund and your emergency fund. Okay. This is going to be something that's going to be there. So the bucket number one for your kids is a spending bucket. Bucket number two is going to be the savings bucket. Okay. This is very important. You could have a bucket four where you're going to do long-term investing, but this is your saving, whether you're saving it for a trip, a new game, a new action figure, your first car, whatever it is, this is going to be your savings bucket. This is going to be the bucket that we are going to try to hold on to as long as we possibly can till we reach that goal. Whatever that goal is that we're setting for ourselves, that's what we're going to do. We're going to hold that bucket for that. Okay. And then the, the third bucket is going to be your charity or your tithing bucket. Now, this is the bucket where you really can talk about family values. If you have, um, if you're not affiliated with a church, um, and if you're not really affiliated with any charity, find out something that your child likes. Most children love animals. You can always get them affiliated with a local animal charity or animal rescue. And, you know, maybe they can take their five or ten dollars when they save it and they can donate it to them. But get them physically involved in the charity. Or if you are tithing, allow them to take their money and put it in the offering plate or in the envelope. Give them control over that area as well with the decision making, but make sure that they're staying to the three buckets. You have your spending, you have your saving, and you have your charity. If you instill these three basic, simple things with your children when they are young, it is going to be so powerful as they get older. It is going to instill such confidence because if you don't manage your money, your money manages you. But if you're starting out with something that is so basic and so simple, then you can instill just really good 
um, principles in your children. Now, you know, Dave Ramsey uses envelopes. I used envelopes when I was a single mom and was just making sure that I didn't um, <clears throat> use money that I was saving. Whatever it is, have three of them. Have a spending, a saving, and a charity bucket. And you can start working through that with your children. You're gonna, this is gonna be where you can really incorporate your values. So as we get ready to wrap things up, um, the next thing I really wanna talk about is just creating a family mission statement. And this is a really neat activity that you can get your kids involved with. Once you really start implementing your values, what you want when you are no longer here for your children, for your money, and communicating the values with these, your family members, create a family mission statement. It is just a powerful thing that you can do. And if when you create it, make it a fun thing to do. Maybe do it around pizza night, do it around um, you know, uh, your own vacation, spend some time. And what you wanna do, here's some key points that I really want you to consider in all of this. The vision should be created and shared by every family member not just by the parents or the grandparents. You want your children to feel like they're contributing to this. Keep the mission statement on your refrigerator, in your office, close at hand. I have a couple clients that leave it on as their wallpaper on their computers, and then just review it regularly as a family. And use your mission statement to guide your everyday living, your legacy planning, and your philanthropy. And you know, here's just an example of a mission statement just so you can kind of get an idea what I'm talking about. Our mission statement is to live a full life of love, compassion, and adventure in a way that supports our community, enriches our faith, strengthens our character, and helps us grow closer as a family. Isn't that awesome? That's just a simple sample of a family mission statement. And when you're discussing the family mission statement, talk about shared values and make sure they're shared values. Shared values like love and hard work and dedication and discipline and having fun and being charitable. These are all things that you can, again, communicate, communicate, communicate. Talk openly about money. It is okay to talk openly about money. Well, whew, can you believe we spent a half an hour together with each other already? I know time flies. There is so much more to share with you. But the conclusion really, as we, as we wrap this up, I just want you to understand the biggest thing you can do is talk about money. The biggest thing you can do outside of talking about money is just start getting your children involved, whether it's involved with going with you to the bank or sitting down over family finance meetings or doing a bucket strategy with them. Anything you need to do a bucket strategy, you can get at the dollar store. So don't tell me you can't find it. Okay. Us grandmoms are resourceful. So you can find those things. And, you know, I, I, I would encourage you to reach out to me if you're interested in the Money and Family Masterclass. It is going to be released um, April the 15th. I'm super excited about it. It's going to cover this entire presentation in real in-depth. It's going to have a bunch of resources for your family, for your college-age students, for your teenagers, for your working years, your you know, early retirement, retirement, whatever you can possibly think of when it comes to money and the conversations you have to have to instill financial confidence, it's going to be in that masterclass. So if you have any um, additional questions about that or you want to learn more about it or get on a, a waiting list for it, send me an email, jennifer at smartmoneygalcoaching.com. 
And I hope you found something beneficial in what I shared with you today. Again, communicate, start having the conversations. And I'm excited to come back again next month. And um, I'm excited to connect with you more about the Smart Money Gal Academy too. So uh, have a wonderful rest of your day.